You're listening to the CLE Foodcast with Lisa Sands, the place for delicious conversation on local food and the people who grow, cook, and share it. Here's Lisa. Hello, and welcome to the CLE Foodcast. My guests today are Emily Thom, the creator of the blog Pie-Eyed Love, and Cleveland radio legend Jimmy Malone, who will be talking about an upcoming event on August 1st called the Cleveland Pie Festival. So how we got here today is kind of interesting. I was scrolling through Twitter, as one does, and I saw a very cool thing happening. And I sort of inserted myself into the Twitter conversation about whether most people prefer a crumble crust or a flaky top crust on their pie. And within two weeks, we were doing this podcast. The subject of today's podcast is the upcoming Cleveland Pie Festival. If you've not heard of it, don't worry. It's new, and it's not a festival. Well, not really. What it is is a fantastic example of how Clevelanders show up to rally around a cause. And in this case, the cause is Jimmy Malone's scholarship program for College Now. Several other partners have jumped on board, including Joe Simperman of Global Cleveland and the team behind Mason's Creamery. Please note, we did this podcast a little bit more on the fly, or should I say, on the pie, so you'll notice a slight difference in some of our audio quality. So let's get to it and find out more about the Cleveland Pie Festival and College Now. My guests today are Emily Thome and Jimmy Malone, and they're here to talk about an event coming up on August 1st. It's the Cleveland Pie Festival. Emily is the owner and author of the blog, Pie-Eyed Love, where she chronicles her pie making and her discovery of life's lessons along the way. Jimmy Malone is a well-known media personality and community advocate. He's probably best known for his many years as part of the morning show on WMJIFM, but now he's host to the Jimmy Malone show on 1350 AM, and he's back on the air in Cleveland, and we're so happy he is. But in between all of that on-air work, Jimmy is very active in the community and very passionate about an organization called College Now. Emily, Jimmy, welcome to the CLE Foodcast. Thanks for being here today. My pleasure. Thank you, Lisa. You know, we're going into a holiday weekend, and I'm so grateful that you guys gave me a little bit of time. I discovered the Cleveland Pie Festival on Twitter, as one does, as one discovers many many things on Twitter, but I just love this effort so much that I decided to squeeze in an extra podcast episode to talk about the Cleveland Pie Festival because, you know, social media, we all know this all too well in the last couple of years, social media is not always used for good. This is such a fantastic example of a very grassroots movement that started with a couple of people. Emily, if you want to dive in, I'm not sure who tweeted who or how this started, but someone needs to tell me, both can tell me the story about how this got started. Jimmy, Jimmy, I want to pass the torch to you because Jimmy is the spark beneath all of this, for sure. (laughs) So Emily started following me on Twitter. And before I follow anybody back, I always go and look at their feed because sometimes they're they're nuts. And when I went to her feed, the first thing I saw was her website, Pie-Eyed Love. And I first thought it's probably something math-related, because who would have a feed about, uh, I mean, a website about pie, but it turned out to be about pie. So I thought that was, like, really interesting, and it just happened to be at a time where I was looking to book guests for my show. So I said, it'd be nice to have somebody different on. And, uh, and that's how Emily and I connected. 
And I, if my memory serves me correctly, as we tweeted back and forth about pie, Joe Simperman is the one who jumped in and said, how can we make this into a moneymaker? <laughs> exactly. A moneymaker, not a fundraiser yes. yet. A right. moneymaker. Well, he said he said a moneymaker for the scholarship program. He was oh. he had it from the beginning. That's what he wanted to do. Wonderful. Wonderful. He did. And if you've ever been tagged by Joe Simperman on Twitter, you'll understand what happens in your life <laughs> when Twitter blows up after after getting tagged by Joe Simperman. <laughs> I'm such a late Twitter user that all of a sudden I'm getting all these notifications and I realized that Jimmy Malone is the guy that like introduced me to Cleveland when I moved here in 2000 and listened to him on the radio, right? On my drives to work. And I'm thinking, what's happening? And I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love when things come full circle like that. Twitter is good for that purpose. Social media can be good for that purpose. Okay, so Jimmy, you had Emily on your show and I know you well enough because we worked together. Our our time overlapped when you were with WMJI. Of course, you were on air and I was behind the scenes in promotions. But I've always known that you do have a sweet tooth and you like pie. Yes. So you had her on and... What happened next? When I invited her on, it was just to talk, but she insisted on providing a pie. So we met the night before and she had a pie in a secret pie box and said, you can't open it. It's a very fancy box. And she said, you can't open it until you're on the show tomorrow. Prior to this, I should point out, we were having a little bit of a debate where uh, is the best pie top uh, uh, flaky crust or crumble top? And I explained that, you know, crumble top was for people who didn't know how to make a, a flaky crust top. And uh, a lot of people disagreed with me. A lot of people were on Emily's side saying Most crumble top is much better. <laughs> yes. So when she had this pie in the box, she said, you can't open it till tomorrow. And I didn't. And then when we opened it up on the air, the pie, half the pie was a flaky top and half was a crumble top, which I thought was pretty good. Wow. That's talent. We're building bridges here. We're building bridges. something for everyone well let's talk for just a minute about pie-eyed love it's actually a fairly well-established blog you've been doing it for quite a while I've definitely read you know the origin story of it but I want you to just share what made you get into pie and also I have to tell you the pie rules I related I mean the pie rules are life so tell me a little bit about the blog and what you have hoped to to do with it Sure. So, so 10 years ago, it's, it's fortuitous that we're all this is happening right now. Cause I didn't even realize that this year marks 10 years of the blog. And I simply really started it to just focus on how to make pie. Pie is, you know, people put the fear of God in you about, about pie. If you don't know how to make it right. <laughs> so I decided, all right, I can make cake. I can make cookies. Like let's try pie. And I, you know, it was, it was a hobby for me at the time. And what ended up happening, as you can see right now, 10 years later, is that as I as I was practicing and giving it away to people just because I was making so much, people were just so excited to have pie. And I hadn't really experienced that before. And before you knew it, people would have me in their house and they'd start telling me their stories. We would just start uncovering all these types of connections. So I sort of turned the blog more into what I was learning through pie. It wasn't about, I mean, I post the recipes and things like that, but it was really more about here, here's, here's what's leading, what pie is leading me to, which was all these amazing people and people who I would have never met had it not been for this pie hobby. I love that story. I will say as someone who cooks just about anything, 
you are right. Pie is intimidating. Baking is intimidating. And a couple of years ago, someone said to me, you know why you know why you don't like baking, Lisa? And I said, well, I mean, there are many reasons why I don't like baking, but tell me why. And they said, baking is math. And I was like, oh, you're right. It's exacting. It's when I cook, I like the freedom to change things up and, you know, measuring, measuring, no, whatever. <laughs> and um, so, uh, yeah. And I also believe when people make something well and I can't, I want to buy it. I want to buy it and I want to support them. But during the pandemic, with the help of my friend, Ann Laparo, who runs Annie's Signature Suites, she actually says her business is everything but the cake. She's like, I don't need to make any more cake. I'm not doing cakes. I don't do wedding cakes. I don't want to do cake. So she'll do all kinds of other things. She won't do cake. But I went to her and I said, you know, I feel like I need a little uh, homesteading, you know, during the pandemic. I'm going to learn how to make some pie dough. But I did not make pie. I made quiche. Um, but, you know, I had to learn about flakiness. I had to learn about lard. I had to learn about butter. I had to learn about shrinkage, which is a yeah. real thing. Oh, okay. I did not know that you could fill your pie with beans or weights. I didn't even know what pie weights are. So there's a lot to it, right? There is a lot to it, but I will say part of the blog is that it's a very misunderstood dessert. It is, it is, I swear it is not that difficult. You know, when you, when you read a cookbook, it has, it has all these rules, right? There, there are actual pie rules that are in pie cookbooks that make oh. you scared to make it. And you're like, I'm not even going to go there. And our blog is all about the fact that actually it's way more accessible than you would think. It is not as fussy as it's made out to be. And give it a try because it is making it on your own is better than anything you will buy in the store. Mm. Interesting. Well, I saw that you have hand pies. You have little like cupcake looking pies. <laughs> it, I will say this. If you are a baker, if you're a novice baker, if you just like pie, check out pieidlove.com. It's really, it's beautiful. It's, there's just great pictures on there. There's great recipes and advice. So I just want to encourage you to check that out. You'll see, you know, a lot of what Emily has put into the last uh, 10 years for that blog. Thank you for sharing that. And I'm, maybe I'll make a pie and I will tell you when I do that. It might not be for a while. I'm, I'm here for you. Okay. Thank you. I need a support system. Okay. Can I um, disagree with Emily about something? Oh, you may. She said making a pie is not that hard. <laughs> based, based on some of the pies that have been presented to me, <laughs> I have to imagine it is very, very hard. I've had some, I've had some, uh, you know, through the years, because people yes. know I like apple pie and they would bring pies to the station or send pies to the station. And I've had some amazingly good pies. Yeah. And I've had some pies that, that made me almost never want to eat an apple pie again. Now, I have to give Emily credit because her pie, both the crumb top and the flaky top, were, was excellent. Mm. Excellent. Well, that is actually when I saw that Twitter dialogue. And I was like, no way, man, meringue. You know, I want a chocolate cream pie. I want a tall lemon meringue pie. And I have actually made meringue. So meringue for whatever reason is less intimidating for me, but Jimmy, well said, because you have gotten a lot of gifts over the years, people that drop things off um, <laughs> station and, um, yes. and, you're, and you're still here to tell the tale. So that's, that's saying something. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, you know, and to me, I, I think the, the basics for the pie, some pies I'm sure it's supposed to be really fancy to me. An apple pie is supposed to be a pretty basic pie. And I think where people get, go wrong is when they try to just fancy it up so much that you can't even recognize it as an apple pie anymore. I'm going to keep buying my pies. I'm in the buy camp, okay. I'm gonna, but I'm going to come to the pie festival and buy some pie. Let's fast forward. You've got now Joe Simperman weighing in. 
You have Chris from Channel 19 weighing in. Another last name that I do not know how to pronounce, Tanaka? Tanaka. Tanaka. Oh, I thought, I thought I'd heard it. Yes. You have someone now that's made you an awesome logo. Give some of your team uh, some props here, and then we're going to go on to talk about what the event entails. This is part of the story that, you know, Jimmy, I think, I think you marginally knew some of these people, but the group that ended up engaging the most and saying, hey, we'll, we'll get together and help you figure this thing out we, not all of us really knew each other, right? So that's also the, the really neat thing about this is um, we're all sort of now now better friends than we were on Twitter. <laughs> uh, even if we were friends on Twitter, I don't know. Um, so, th- so the team is now Jimmy and myself and Joe Simberman. Um, then, then Joe really brought in Helen and Jesse from Mason's Creamery. And Joe really sort of did the same thing, tagged them up on Twitter. It was like, you're going to some ice cream with this pie. Yes. <laughs> and they are such lovely people. I mean, they didn't bat an eye. They were like, have it here. We'll whip up some ice cream. What can we do for you? Um, yeah. Yeah. And Chris Tanaka, you know, was really all about like, what can I do to help you with the, the storytelling? And then um, Jenica Gonzalez, who works for Global Cleveland and she works with Joe. She's this incredibly talented designer and knows much more about social media than, than, than any of the rest of us do. And she tagged in. And before you know it, everybody's bringing their strengths and their gifts to this mm. and it's, it's working, you know, and we all have day jobs, but this is, working. I love it. And Clevelanders are notorious, you know, in the best way possible for supporting food events. We love to support causes. We love to get behind grassroots causes, even better. If there is a food catalyst involved, there's, you know, taste of the Browns that supports the Cleveland food bank, five-star sensation, which is every other year. And that's the big, huge tented event that I think Wolfgang Puck has been part of. And Michael Simon has chaired that benefits the UH Seidman Cancer Center. And even um, uh, I was really sad to see, although I understood the reasons, Dinner in the Dark just ended um, something like an 11-year run. And I've been to many of those. And that really started with two guys, two chefs, uh, one of them, uh, Brian Oaken, who said, you know, how can we bring some chefs together? We have some fun. We cook you know, people pay some money and then we donate at the end to different nonprofits. I mean, it's just such a nice way to galvanize uh, a community around a cause and also build some awareness. So on that note, Jimmy, why don't you tell me a little bit about college now? Because I recently became a mentor in that program and I just got assigned a student and that's really exciting and fun for me to, to know that I'm going to start doing that. You've been involved with it for quite a while. So much so that you have developed your uh, Malone Scholarship Fund. Will you tell me about that program? Yeah, the college now uh, it was formerly called Cleveland Scholarship Programs, and they changed the name several years ago. And it's, it's all about college access for young people, as well as they have an adult learner program. And then they also branched out and they, uh, they you know, help connect and encourage kids who aren't going to go to college, but to, to do other things in the way of trades or manufacturing or something like that. And they help them uh, prepare for the, you know, filling out the FAFSA. They help them make decisions about which school to go to, things like that. So it's a great, it's a really great organization. And when I got involved with it, I had no intention of starting my own scholarship. I was just making a what I thought was going to be a one-time donation. But the kids who wound up getting the money I donated were so amazing, it just drew me into it. So 
I started off, believe it or not, I had three kids my first year, Chester Starks, Armand Reynolds, and Angela Brown, and that has grown now. I have, uh, last year I had 63 scholarship recipients wow. for my program, and looks like I'm going to have maybe 65 this year, but it's I've got a lot of support from the community and people like all the people behind, you know, the pie festival here, and that's what's made it possible for me to keep it going. I love it. You know, you've been supporting that since I've been working side by side with you. And and I know that it, as it's grown, you've stayed in touch with a lot of those students. I know it's very close to your heart. So it's extra fun to do my little part to help spread the word. And also, I'll, I'll definitely be eating some pie and ice cream. <laughs> so tell me what is happening on August 1st at Mason's Creamery. Why don't you tell me a little bit about what what people can expect if they come to the event that day, including, by the way, the start time of the event. Sure. That was Helen from Mason's Creamery. This, it starts at 3.14 and all of our math people got it right away. <laughs> <laughs> so it starts at 3.14 and it runs until 7 so that it's a little bit more of a drop-in style kind of festival. And it, we are going to be sort of posting what to expect. Um, so it is not, it's not a festival as someone might picture, right? With booths of pie or things like that. Maybe someday it will be, right? I have a feeling that this isn't the only year for it. So we're calling it sort of a love fest this year. <laughs> there will be ice cream for sale from Mason's Creamery so that people can support Mason's Creamery. And then College Now will be there. And for any donation, you will be able to get free pie with your ice mm -hmm. cream. Basically what it is, is the donation gets you pie and you know, ice cream will be for sale. Oh, well, and I mean, I've been to Mason's probably four or five times already this summer. You know what? And they renovated their space and they've got some extra room now. Um, so it's, it really is a perfect location for it. Um, okay. So uh, college now, will we, um, Jimmy, do you know if we'll be able to meet some scholarship recipients or some folks uh, with the organization? Yes, yeah, some of my scholarship recipients will be there as they're, they're my family and uh, they'll be there either helping out or eating pie, one of the two. Um, but I, I, I love them so much and they have added so much to my life. So I'm just thrilled. Any opportunity to be with them, I'm happy. Emily, are you making all of the pie? Like, how is this happening? Tell me about the pie. Here again, continuing the story in the amazing way the community rallies. So the original intent was that, yes, I was going to make all the pie. Yep. Um, I have a secret weapon in my back pocket, which is um, Doug Katz, who also um, is a local chef. He is, he throws me a big favor and supports my pie habit and lets me use his ovens at the Cats Club Diner. <laughs> Did you know professional ovens can bake 20 pies at a time? Like it is amazing. <laughs> so, so I mean, you know, shout out to Doug because he's really helping with this as well, providing the space to do this. But over time, we've had we've had some people, and I'm not going to name them yet, but there are notable pie makers reach out and say, "Hey, how can we help?" And and the idea is that I don't need to make all this. We want we want as many people to be engaged as possible. So I think soon you will hear us launching our pie committee, which will be people who make really good pie. We're positive about it, and people will be excited about it. Oh my gosh. I had a hunch that's where you were going to go because wow. the fact that you even have time to talk to me right now, I was thinking like, man, she is going to be churning out pies, putting them in some big, deep freezer. I don't know, but <laughs> I just wasn't sure what to expect. But you know, there are a lot of talented bakers and, you know, pie makers and all kinds of things in this town. So I'm really glad to see that people are, you know, sort of raising their hand and saying, how can I help? Yeah. That is the best of us. That is what we do very, very well here. And I, I just want to add, you know, 
I'm not a math person. In fact, I try to stay totally away from math. I've managed to get to midlife pretty much doing that, at least in my career. So 314 for the uninformed or uninitiated or for those who have blocked out uh, high school algebra, uh, pi <laughs> is represented by the number 3.14. Yes, I'm reading this now. I wrote this down. It is the ratio of the circumference of any circle to the diameter of that circle. Regardless of the circle size, the ratio will always equal pi. How cool is that? Because pies are a circle. Most pies, you're starting oh, the right. event at three point <laughs> at 314. Genius, Helen. Good job. <laughs> Hey, can I can I point out I want one other thing if I could point out real quickly when when yeah. this when this idea came together they you know so Joe and Emily said hey about this pie festival and I said as much as I want to do it I got to be honest with you I'm going crazy preparing for my my golf tournament I said I just don't have time which I thought was going to be the end of it but instead Emily and Joe and Chris and Jesse and and Helen they all said well you will do it and they really so I'm I'm just grateful that they were willing to jump in and help get this thing going because I there's no way I could have done it by myself. Oh, that's awesome. Teamwork is everything. I just love hearing the story. Emily, if people want to follow along um, across some social channels, where should they look? Hey, you can do whichever social fits you best. So we're on all of them. So you can look at Facebook and Facebook also has the actual event on there with more information. You can follow on Instagram and you can follow on Twitter. It's all at Cleveland Pie Festival. All right. Fantastic. Well, I am looking forward to seeing you on that particular Sunday. And Jimmy, I will really look forward to reconnecting with you. Emily, I'm so glad I discovered your blog. I, I will make some kind of half-hearted commitment to make some pie <laughs> and, uh, and report back <laughs> on it. <laughs> But um, you definitely have a lot of good information on there for, for the, the pie novices like myself. All right, everyone. I really appreciate it. Thank you for being on the CLE Foodcast today. So excited to do my little part to share this event with old friends and new friends. And uh, it's good for the kids. So, all right, have a great day. And we'll see you August 1st at Mason's Creamery for the Cleveland Pie Festival. CLE Foodcast is a project of Fork in the Road Productions. My sound engineer is Bill Connors. My design partner is KDK12 Studios. Please give us a follow on Instagram and Facebook. Just look for CLE Foodcast. Have a great week. And remember, stay hungry, be kind, and always, always set a bigger table. <laughs>